Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. A lot of tech stuff to talk about, a ton of tech stuff. And we do that with Ian Shear, CNET editor-at-large, who's with us this afternoon. Ian, how are you? I, I'm doing okay. You know, we're, we're just going through the storm that's been going through the country. So, you know, they, they delayed school and everything, and we're, we're kind of having our experience. Yeah, we, we're off the hook on that one. I mean, I've seen a little coverage on the networks. Has it been snow and ice, or what's, what's the deal out there? Well, they threatened snow. It would have been the first time, but uh, I imagine that all that hot air from Capitol Hill uh, made the snow kind of melt before it hit the ground. Well, I hope you get through that. I did look ahead just because uh, I think I mentioned this yesterday. I was trying to at least keep my fingers crossed to take um, I'm taking a few days off next week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I thought, you know what? Every once in a while in Missouri, this is probably true in D.C. too. You do get nice weather. We had a week ago Friday. It was beautiful last week. But I thought maybe that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it will be nice enough to maybe get out in the afternoon and play golf. And that is not going to be the case because like our high temperatures on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are barely out of the teens. So... (laughs) Wow. Yeah. yeah. Last year we had, it was nice and sunny on Christmas Day. This year the the Washington Post is tracking to see whether we'll have a white Christmas or not. We'll see. <laughs> I'm looking at this right now. We got, we got temperatures in the 30s. I'll take a peek here for folks that are listening. So yeah, Wednesday 19 with the overnight low 9, 13 for Thursday, 0 for the low. Friday is 13 and 5 and it doesn't get a whole lot better than that in Christmas Day. It looks wow. really, really cold. And you usually get stuff like that just a couple of days after we do, I think. So yeah. Be ready for that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas. All right, all right. so let's let's talk first and foremost uh, about the Twitter files. I thought this has been rather interesting. You know, I'm a guy that's actually talked about Matt Taibbi for a while on the air for the last couple of years just because he's been exposing some things in unique ways. So I wasn't completely shocked that Elon chose, uh, you know, him and, and Barry Weiss and Mike Schellenberger to expose some of this stuff. But what's in your world, in the tech world, I'll try not to bring you into the politics ever, Ian, on these things. Sure. But what, what's your observation from the tech side of thing and how that's all going? right now? I mean, I think what's been interesting about it is that uh, a lot of us who've been following Twitter for a very long time had a sense that the company was making decisions a little haphazard, right? And not to say that any of this stuff is ever uh, clean, right? I mean, if you look at the top decisions that happen in the White House, we read about them all the time, right? No matter the administration, there's always a bunch of backbiting and debate and all the stuff that happens that gets really messy. Well, social media is very similar, and it seems as though the big thing that, that a lot of people, including myself over at CNET, worried about was that there wasn't kind of overarching leadership to make these calls, that they were making a lot of these calls 
ad hoc is, you know, how I would call it. And the thing that we've learned from uh, Elon Musk choosing, uh, you know, some journalists to publish this internal data from uh, Twitter is that uh, the man in charge, right, the guy who was signing his name to the SEC documents, Jack Dorsey, was not very involved, right? And he was not making these calls. In fact, sometimes he came in and reversed calls that were made. And, of course, you know, his deputies are, 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 are allowed to make decisions. But some of these things you would think would have involved him. And it's just surprising how little that he seemed to be engaged. So then what, what do you think, you know, obviously there's a little bit of a kerfuffle right now because Elon's trying to unblock people, but then the guy that tracks him with the airplane site, which has been somewhat controversial, I guess he cited a safety concern there. And right. that, that, but is there inconsistency from Elon Musk? Is there some concern about that? Well, I have actually multiple times now, privately and publicly, asked Elon Musk to do a Twitter files on himself and release the information around how he decided to make these decisions around blocking the Elon Jet Twitter account, which uses publicly available information, right? That that information is easily accessible through uh, government databases, and it's already delayed. So the concern about safety doesn't entirely make sense. But also to do that around conversations around when he was talking about uh, around Kanye, Right. He said initially he was going to allow stuff to be on there and he he was OK with uh, Kanye as he was and then suddenly decided he wasn't and came up with a decision very much like with Donald Trump. Right. Where a lot of people were like, this doesn't seem to match yeah, what they're arguing right. about. Yeah. yeah the right? banning, the and, banning and, of Trump. And, you know, that, that's an interesting case. And I haven't talked about because, look, you can you can actually I, I get why people wanted Trump gone and banned Trump and all that, especially after January 6th. But the, the the basis by which they actually made the decision was not according to the the plan that they really had in, in you know, I don't know what you would call it, the protocol. Right. Right. Well, and that, that's part of the problem, right? Part of this is that social media is messy, right? We're going to co- keep coming back to this, right? And I think that the reality is that, that when Musk took over, he made it seem easy and cut and dry on a lot of this stuff. And he said, you know, I support free speech. I'm an absolutist. And I believe that, you know, comedy should be allowed back on Twitter and everything. And over and over, he's shown that he's not okay with that, and that, in fact, he is banning people left and right over stuff that he disagrees with politically, as well as the stuff that makes him uncomfortable. And, you know, we're right back to where we were before he took over, except now it's one man making all these decisions, Elon Musk, instead of a group of people who, one thing we learned from the Twitter files, is that they were having real debates, right? They were really debating these things internally. There were a number of people who actually spoke up in favor of keeping certain accounts up. In fact, even Ro Khanna, a Democrat from Silicon Valley, a representative in Congress, pushed them about whether or not to bring back Donald Trump. And he, deb- and he said that a lot of these decisions need to err on free speech. So I think a lot of people who assumed that there was a political bent and there were decisions being made based on politics might have been surprised to learn that, in fact, they were very unsure about every decision they made all the way through. Well, I don't know where this is going to take us. I, I think people should expect um, some consistency from Elon as well, given you know the nature of how this has all come down. Um, 
I, I find it curious. But let's let's shift to another social media site, and that is TikTok, because <laughs> we have Senator Hawley proposing a bill to ban TikTok on government devices. That passes overwhelming, I mean, unanimously, so you don't get much better than that. Then there's Marco Rubio and others. They want TikTok gone in the U.S. And that's a national security threat, but it's a direct threat to our way of life, our economics. It's allowed them to interfere in the midterm elections. Now, Ian, you know I have had for a while in my household, I think I've told you this, a one TikTok a day policy because my wife was driving me crazy with these, especially during the pandemic, and I couldn't take it. I don't have it on my phone. It's not because I'm worried about spying, although I think I should be. It's just because TikTok kind of drives me crazy. So maybe I'd support a ban of TikTok for different reasons than Marco Rubio and others. But it is, but it is, you know, I'm joking around here, but it is a serious security issue. So what happens here? You got millions of kids. On the one hand, there's a part of me that thinks, man, if Republicans want kids to never vote for them again, ban TikTok. On the other hand, it's a pretty serious issue. Maybe we do need to look at this. So is there middle ground on TikTok or not? This is what was really fascinating when Donald Trump was up against TikTok, right, is that a lot of experts in security were saying this is a debate worth having, even though the way he went about it, not everyone agreed. And I think what's, what's fascinating here is we are all concerned about the possibility of the Chinese government, which is very, uh, you know, embedded with all the companies there, right? Not like here in the United States, where at least there is some division, right? We've seen Apple push back on government quite a bit. We've seen other companies actually sue to try and fight the government on some of their requests. TikTok isn't like that, right? The Chinese government and all the reporting we've seen about it so far suggests that the Chinese government has a lot more access to TikTok information than many of us would be comfortable with. And this is important because we have seen, uh, I don't know if you remember, a couple of years ago it came out that some of these jogging apps, right, where people track their jogs as they're going and use GPS, they, the, some of these people were, were publicly sharing the map of where they jogged, and it turned out that people working in the military around top-secret nuclear bases were jogging around the nukes. And the maps were being showing up in the middle of nowhere in the, in the country. Oh and suddenly we knew where our nukes were. So this stuff can be very serious, is my point. By the, the way, the, that's the G- why I support banning jogging, for, for instance. There's a good <laughs> example right there. Thank you. There you go. I will, I'll support it with you. And so I think, what's, I think what we have to really think about is, you know, we have to, we have to ask these questions about, you know, we have an app that is one of the most popular in the world that's being run by a country that we are politically very uh, in, a, in a tough situation with. And how do we make decisions about what we allow in terms of free speech, right? Because uh, this is the government we're talking about, right? The First Amendment applies. They are not allowed to decide these things. But if it's a down to national security, we need to have a serious conversation. And so I'm not surprised that the, that the Senate made this decision already. I'm not surprised that the debate is going on in the House. And I have a feeling that in the end, something's going to have to give. Something's going to have to change yeah. for people to be comfortable. That is interesting. Uh, Ian Scher from CNET with us, talking about a bunch of different things technologically related here as we head into the holidays. Uh, you and I have had conversations about crypto over the years, and I've always said, I don't get it. I can't get my arms around it. It doesn't makes my brain hurt. I guess I don't have to worry anymore. That whole thing's blown up, right? Well, it's blowing <laughs> up, right? It hasn't completely blown up yet. Uh, to, just for the record, um, you know, while Bitcoin is down from its highs of around $60,000 a Bitcoin, it's still around 17000 which is 
higher than it was four years ago. So, you know, look, I, I think the reality is that there is a lot of question about the amount of fraud that's happening in the crypto space. That's something that a lot of people were very, uh, not very mi mindful of. And what I am appreciating right now is seeing the SEC, the DOJ, all sorts of arms of the government start coming down on the people who look like they're committing fraud on, on the uh, crypto world and really threatening to put them in jail. And I'm going to be fascinated to see what these uh, what these lawsuits bring up. Uh, you may remember the most high-profile one, FTX, right? They had ads during the Super Bowl. They had sponsors. Uh, you know, they had celebrities involved. And now the guy who's, in, who's taken over in bankruptcy, who used to be in charge of Enron, right, he dealt with that bankruptcy, he said FTX is the biggest disaster he's ever seen. And I think that that says something, right? The fact that the crypto world has created something worse than Enron, I think has really, maybe it'll teach us all something. Man, you wonder. We don't seem to learn lessons very well here in this country. Uh, no. Let me ask you a Christmas <laughs> gift question. If I wanted or someone wanted an iPhone 14 Pro, we see the ads all the time before Christmas, is that even possible right now? It's really tough. You know, and part of this is, is actually down to COVID, right? A lot of the manufacturing centers have had to shut down partially because of zero COVID in China, but also because of sickness and everything else that it's slowed down production. And Apple has publicly said they can't keep up with demand. So it's really hard to find one. I, my father-in-law is actually trying to find one. You would think you know, he's related to a tech journalist. He could find one, <laughs> but it's think. very tough. Yeah. So the thing is, what we recommend at CNET is we say, look, there are three ways that you can make sure to try and get one and not get scammed in the process, because scammers are aggressive during this time. They want you when you're most emotional. So the first answer is to check Apple's website. If you go to apple.com slash retail, they actually tell you what inventory is in the stores in real time, and you can check to see if they have the exact iPhone 14 Pro you want. The other option, and it takes a little more legwork, is to go to all the different carrier stores, Best Buy and Target, right? They don't publish that stuff online as much. They might have one. But the last thing we recommend is think about getting an iPhone 13. I know it's one number less that, that that's very emotional to deal with, but yes. uh, we, we've actually we've given it uh, our editor's choice before. We say it's an excellent phone, and yeah, it may not have the satellite thing that, that Apple does with the newer ones, but it's still a good phone if that's what you want. Interesting. Hey, one other thing I was going to ask you about. I saw something on CNET about Amazon trying to eliminate the barcode when it comes yeah. to uh, how did it, now is that just for Amazon or is that for everyone? Well, eventually everyone, right? So there's this idea called uh, called uh, computer imaging, where they're able to take a camera and with the computer and actually understand what's in front of them, right? And you've seen this every once in a while, right? Cameras pointed at a dog and suddenly has a little label dog above it, right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. What, what, what Amazon decided to do was take these cameras and, uh, and teach them all of the different products in their, in, their, uh, in their warehouses. And what they did is they said, let's use these to identify a product instead of having to find the barcode. Because if you've been in grocery stores, you know, barcodes everywhere, right? It's under, underneath something. It's always in the wrong place. It's annoying. So they said they've already been able to cut down on the amount of time it takes to find something significantly just by using this system. It says um, you can ask an Echo Show smart display, Alexa, what am I holding? And um, that will, you know, result in an answer. Have you, by the way, on this note, I'll close with this because I never had this happen before. My daughter thought it was the funniest damn thing. And I have to admit that I thought it was pretty funny, too. I can't believe I'm doing this on the radio, Ian, but I'm going to do it anyway. Have you ever asked Alexa to fart? 
No, but okay. you just did for I, everyone else. I mean, you you should do it because it gets very. I can't believe what they programmed in on that question. <laughs> it's it's sick but fun. It was a seven and a half year old and her dad having a blast with this the other night. I'll leave you on that note. Have a great Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. You take care. Get more at ninety seven one talk dot com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.